0: Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin. I'm Eric. And uh, we are broadcasting tonight with a special co-host, Justin Fall from The Fourth Watch. Uh, We are waiting for him to get logged in here. So uh, real fast, I wanted to let you guys know that ParatruthRadio.com is live. Um, we also got above and beyond what we were trying to do for likes on Facebook. So we are going to be doing a giveaway tonight for a uh, autographed t-shirt, Truth Radio t-shirt.
2: Um,
1: the biggest thing for us was to get 100 likes just so we can start getting our name out there a little bit more. Um, so if you are listening in live, uh, you have any questions for us or for Justin as well or During just during the conversation, you can call in nine one four two zero five 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 eight You can also hop into our chat room at the bottom of the screen if you're listening on the computer and you can ask questions that way And you can also get on our Facebook page or our Twitter page and you can put the questions in there as well And as a matter of fact, that is how we're going to be doing the giveaway this week so Uh, We will uh, get started here. Uh, We're going to be talking about demonic possession versus mental uh, illness or mental disorder. And I believe this is Justin. Justin, is that you?
3: Yeah. Hey, how you doing?
1: Good. You guys are good? All right. Yeah, we're good. So uh, for everybody out there, uh, demonic possession versus mental illness, I was researching this just because I kind of posed the question to myself and this is why I wanted to do this show is how many people are almost misdiagnosed with mental illness when really there's a demonic presence there that's causing problems or the other side, what if there's somebody who has a mental illness, but a priest is being called in for a uh, exorcism um I want to get uh, your your perspective on this, Eric, first. Um, well,
0: statistically, uh, mental illness affects around 6% of the human population, where demonic possession uh, tends to affect around 1%. Uh, so it's very, right. very rare that demonic uh, possession becomes an actual full-fledged case. Uh, a long time ago... Uh, everything used to be demonic possession, of course. You know, even men- any type of mental illness was considered demonic, uh, right. you know, uh, possession. And unfortunately, due to a lot of unorthodox uh, exorcism, exorcists, a lot of people, children in particular, have died due to exorcisms. Um, in fact, there was a case that I had actually came across just a few weeks back about a young girl who had died from drinking Drano because the priest thought that if she were to drink Drano, it would cast the spirit out. Now, obviously common sense, Drano's going right. to kill you if you drink it. So, right. you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who, in America and around the world, who uh, try to perform exorcisms, not knowing what the heck they're doing, nor what they're dealing with, um, and not even sure whether
1: or not it's truly a demonic possession. So, All right, Justin, what about you?
3: Uh, well, first, I just want to comment on on the numbers that you brought up. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot more. Did you say there were uh, 6% of people who suffer mental illness? Yes. Okay, let me break this down real quick. Um, technically, officially, mental illness is a medical umbrella term. And generally, when you, when you look into mental illness, you're going to see that it refers to a wide range of mental health conditions, disorders that affect your mood, your thinking, your behavior. Some examples would be depression, anxiety disorders, schizophrenia, even eating disorders, believe it or not, are considered mental illness. And then this whole other umbrella of what they call addictive behaviors. So I think when we break that down from a, from a wider perspective, I think there's a whole lot more than 6%. Of of the population.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'll just say for America, because I know America really pushes the drugs on people. I mean, right, right. or any other country. And that goes back to Project Paperclip after World War II when we brought the Nazi doctors over here to work for our government. And that's what happened. We had the pharmaceutical boom. And from that point on, there was a pill for everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, right.
3: when we get into the demon possession aspect of it, I want to say... I think there's a lot more than one percent of people that are demon possessed, uh, and I think that when we when we look into demons, we really have to understand that not everyone is going to be possessed, but many people are going to be oppressed, and mm-hmm. you know it starts in a certain in a certain atmosphere, and the demons take steps to where they can finally fully possess the vessel. So once that takes <coughs> place, once the possession takes place. That's when somebody enters into what medically is considered psychosis, per se. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and right. I, would, I agree with you on that. I think when you bring in um, the idea of demonic oppression and affliction along with possession, then yeah, there's more than one percent. But we're talking about strictly demonic possession, where someone is literally possessed and being controlled by this evil spirit. Um, I, I mean, and I don't know. Maybe the numbers have changed over the years, but I know growing up. Um, all the way up until about two years ago, that number steadily stayed around 1%, especially um, considering the amount of possessions in third-world countries where a lot of uh, missionaries that I know have spent a lot of their time doing exorcisms.
3: You know, I think it's interesting that you say 1%, and I'm not going to question that number Mm -hmm. as being the official number. I think that when we get down to it, it's kind of like – anything when when you're dealing with anything that the Illuminati or the New World Order is controlling you know they control the mass media so if they say 1% what is it really you know we really don't know but i don't deny that they're even saying to this very day 1% that i mean that that would sound because when you hear the number 1% it sounds so small in comparison to anything
2: mm-hmm.
3: i mean you could take 1% of certain drugs and not even have an effect so Really, 1%, they throw that number out there probably because they want to kind of soften the blow. But let me, let me bring this up real quick. This is interesting. When we, when we start to talk about mental illness versus demon possession, most people don't realize that this actually has been... Uh, this is a, there was a division dating back to medieval times. And the division was between the spiritual-minded people and the science-minded people. And a lot of people don't realize that this debate went back to medieval times. The demon possession and oppression versus mental illness, that was the debate. And this is an age-old debate, but interestingly, you never see any biblical support of mental illness. However, there is much biblical support in regards to demon possession and extreme demonic oppression. Now, you could say, well, there's depression in the Bible, absolutely, okay? And, And there's things in the Bible that are mentioned, although the word depression doesn't show up in the Bible, Now, if you're reading one of the newer translations, which I stay away from, uh, particularly the the New Living Translation is the only Bible translation that uses the word depression. But Mm -hmm. what we do see is we see anxiety show up in the Bible. Jesus tells people to be anxious for nothing. I mean, we see a lot of different things showing up in there. But I think what's happening is the idea of demon possession. I think that it's getting suppressed. Over the years, it's slowly getting more and more suppressed, to where we're not hearing as much about it. We see it in the movies, and we kind of look at it as one of those things that may or may not be real. You know, maybe it's too too graphic to be real. A lot of people just deny it altogether. But can we talk about the Vatican for a minute? Is is it okay? Yeah, yeah. Go sure. For it. Okay, I've got some notes here that I put together, um, and, and this I've done a lot of research on the Vatican, and it's really hard to talk about demonic possession without talking about the Vatican. So mm-hmm. if if I could just steal the floor for a couple of minutes and go through some of this information, uh, this is extremely sensitive information, very controversial. Uh, if we've got anyone who's Catholic listening right now, this is not an attack on you or your religion. What this is, is these are facts stated by Catholic officials over the years. So I need to give that disclaimer because this stuff is very bold, what I'm about to share. Right. Okay, so... These amazing facts about devil worship inside the Vatican, that's what we're talking about here. Because there's a lot of rumors about the the Vatican worshiping Satan. But the the, the claims that we've heard over the years, they haven't come from hostile Protestants. Or they haven't come from critics of Catholicism. But they've come from top-ranking Catholic affiliates themselves. So evidently, there's this awful malignancy so far advanced in the Vatican that Satanism has reached the nuns and the priests, even in the USA and throughout the globe. As of now, there are untold members of outright Satan worshipers. I mean, this this is documented. And they're now masquerading as Catholic clergy while secretly paying homage to Lucifer. Now, one of the most chilling moments of my research was when I found out that Lucifer was officially enthroned. Now, you heard that correctly. Lucifer was officially enthroned via a massive ritual inside the Vatican now from 1958 until 1964 there was a Jesuit priest named Malachi Martin now he was one of the leading exorcists in the Vatican now he served in Rome where he was a close associate of and he carried out many sensitive missions for the renowned Jesuit Cardinal Augustine B. Now if you look into this information I'm about to cover you're gonna find that this is 100% accurate. Dr. Malachi Martin Formerly a Jesuit professor at Georgetown, uh, nonetheless, he was a confidant of Vatican Insiders. And he flatly declared in a New York City interview, he says, yes, it's true, Lucifer is enthroned in the Catholic Church. Now, I can go deeper into this, okay? There was a ritual that took place in the United States, a parallel ritual that was going on in the Vatican, where they enthroned Lucifer officially martin covered this other bishops have talked about this it has come out why is this important this is important because what we see over the past so many years the catholic church is no longer looking at exorcisms they're looking at mental treatment this is a huge huge problem because if somebody's really demon possessed and you try to give them drugs shock therapy but uh, there's a number of different things that they try to put people through inside these psych wards. If they're really demon <laughs> possessed, you're not going to get the demon out with this treatment. I don't think anyone right. would, would say that drugs are going to cast a demon out of somebody. Right. You know, what? Do you, real quick, let me break. What are you alls thoughts on that? Have y'all are y'all familiar with the Lucifer enthronement ritual?
1: I can't um, say that that I am um I do know that I mean the Catholic Church has been under scrutiny for years. I mean it, there was the whole uh priests abusing the boys and there's been just numerous controversies with the Catholic Church. So it doesn't surprise me that there are other stories out there and uh actual Catholic priest coming out and saying that that's what's going on, but I haven't heard of it, no.
3: All right. Well, what's interesting about this is Malachi Martin was actually on record. Uh, with mo- He did multiple interviews later on in his life, but he did a well-known interview with the Fatima Crusader. Now, that's a, a very popular Catholic publication. And he said that anybody who, is, anybody who is acquainted with the state of affairs in the Vatican in the last 35 years is well aware that the Prince of Darkness has and still has his surrogates in the court of St. Peter's. And anybody that knows St. Peter's, that's the main place in Rome where they meet. <clears throat> he said it's gotten so bad that in one shocking incident, he said high-ranking churchmen actually took oaths Signed with their own blood, and they uh, they participated in meticulously enacted rituals that blaspheme and mimic the holy sacrifice of Mass. Now, he's not the only one. There's plenty other bishops who have come forward who have even made public record at big get togethers. But the reason I bring this up, if they're trying to soften the blow of demon possession, the best way to do that is to ball it up as mental illness. And we live in a society here in America where mental illness is, okay, well, let's just treat it with drugs. Let's just treat it with different types of strange and cruel and unusual therapies. So that's the problem we're seeing right now. And I think that problem goes back to the Vatican because they have been, for many years, the experts, we'll even say the pros, on exorcisms. Generally, Mm -hmm. in a movie, if you hear of exorcisms, boom, Catholic priest, call the priest, always. Right. Now... This takes us to the point, how are exorcisms legitimate? You know, how do they work? Because if you're not a Catholic, if you're looking at this from a Protestant perspective, you're thinking, okay, well, we don't believe in the Catholic faith. So how are these people who are practicing Catholics, how are they able to cast demons out? I think that's a fair question, because if, if Protestants were Catholics, they would agree. If they're not Catholics, they're not going to agree. So, <laughs> right. What's interesting about this is if you go to the religions of different, uh, the, the different sects of Santeria, Voodoo, um, I mean, there, there's a bunch of different sects amongst those, Palamayamba. They go through exorcism rituals, and they're able to cast a demon out of a person. Now, they're not calling on the name of Jesus. They're casting them out with satanic rituals. The reason they're able to do this, there's a hierarchy of demons, and this is very important to grasp. In the hierarchy of demons, what happens is... You've got these lower-level demons, and they will possess somebody. And then you've got these higher-level demons that are the spirit guides of these gurus and these leaders. So these people come in with higher-level demons, and they're in control of the lower-level demons so they can cast them out. Now, they really don't go anywhere. They basically just shut up for a little while. So people get the false impression that, okay, this demon just got cast out. That's what happens in the Roman Catholic Church. You can – even when you watch some of these movies that are very true to life about exorcisms, there have been many Catholic priests who have been killed or who have been lunged out of windows in the midst of an exorcism. Mm -hmm. So where does mental illness fit into this? I mean, it's a great question. How do we know what's the difference in in demonic possession and mental illness?
1: Yeah, and it – it's the biggest question to me out there just because we do live in an age in the United States where uh, mental illness, seeing as that is a huge umbrella word for pretty much anything you can think of that is a problem with uh, a person um, compared to uh, people who don't even admit that there's a problem. So, I mean – even if the one percent and the six percent are what the num- they're saying the numbers are, that's not even uh, including the ones that don't come forth and say, "Hey, look, I have a problem. I don't know what's going on. Can somebody help me?" <laughs> and then how people- many people kill themselves? You know, they
3: don't come in for help. Right. They just they, it's a battle they can't win, so they just they off themselves.
1: Right.
0: Well, you know what's interesting, and I see this a lot with a number of different um, exorcism cases. Uh, you see the people, as you just mentioned, casting out demons, and it's not always Catholics, voodoo, you know, priests, etc. Uh, but all they do, like you mentioned, is they just cast out the demon, and that's all. But Jesus made it very clear in Matthew twelve forty four, uh, well forty three through forty five, and I'm going to read this real quick. It says. Now, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest, and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. That is the way it will also be with this evil generation. Now, what's interesting about that? Is we're talking about what Jesus is talking about is casting out a demon spirit. That evil spirit is not replaced with the Holy Spirit. It comes back. The house is clean. It's able to take possession again. What a lot of these are not doing when they cast out a demon, they're not leading these people to Christ and having them accept Christ as the Lord and Savior. Because that's what you have to do in order to keep the demon out. Once you fully place your faith in Christ and you accept the Holy Spirit, that demon or any demon in existence can never come back and take possession again.
3: That's right. One of the things that we have to look at here, and so many people, I hear so much false teaching in the church today. One of the false teachings that many Christians believe, and forgive me, guys, I don't know where you stand on this, but I'm just going to tell you what I believe based on Scripture. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've been born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, you are sealed until the day of redemption. That means you are filled with the Holy Ghost until the day that you're glorified. You can't lose your salvation. I I recently had an issue with one of my listeners got real upset that I was teaching eternal security. And (laughs) the fact is, God is powerful enough to keep you. First of all, if He's powerful enough to save you, He's powerful enough to keep you until that day. Jude says He will present you blameless. This is one of the parts of the faith that so many people overlook. God is that powerful. When you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, you cannot be demon-possessed. Right. Now, and this goes right back with what you just said, and this is interesting because generally when I've talked to, to some of my friends who have been involved in, in real deliverance, mm-hmm. not Catholic exorcisms, but real uh, biblical deliverance, they literally, when they're speaking, they tell the demon to shut up. They don't, they don't give the demon any kind of horseplay. And then they talk directly to the person who's in there, and they get that person to repent. And if that person is is willing, and they take them through repentance, and then they take them through the plan of salvation, and they repent, and they get saved, boom, that demon's gone. Mm -hmm. And that person is restored. Well, actually, when I say restored, they're restored to health. But even further than that, they're made whole by their salvation. So this is one of those things that we don't see in the Catholic form of – or the Catholic rite of exorcism. And this is scary. Mm -hmm. They read these Latin manuals, and, and this even carries over into the TV shows like Supernatural and these other yeah. shows. Very entertaining shows. But, and they've got a little bit of truth in there mixed in with a lot of garbage. And so people see this exorcism right. And the demon responds to this exorcism right in the TV shows. Mm-hmm. So people get this blurred vision of what an exorcism is.
1: Right, right.
3: But you guys, you're right on point. When you go back to the scripture, this is what we see. You know, The demons will overcome somebody. They'll take over their body, and what happens? They've got superhuman strength sometimes. Different voices come out of them. Uh, mm-hmm. One even was breaking the chains that he was bound in. Yeah. And then what happened when Jesus cast the demons into the pigs? They ran over a cliff, committed suicide. Demons mm-hmm, right. to kill and destroy. They want to steal your joy. They want to steal your hope. want to steal any hope you might have in Christ. They want to take away everything good in your life, and they want to destroy you. Right. But. I want to move us into the idea of how people get demon-possessed, because I think this is a really important thing. And many people who suffer with these mental illnesses, they have somehow opened a portal. They've opened a doorway to allow these demons into their life. And this is what's Mm -hmm. scary is people do things constantly without realizing what they're doing. And so they might be suffering this demonic oppression. This spiritual warfare gets real heavy. They don't know what's going on. They don't think they've done anything wrong. You know, Or somebody will get visited by a ghost... And what happens is the ghost starts to build their trust. And then before you know it, they think they're talking to a dead family member. Right. And and then all of a sudden, they get to that point, and then, boom, they're possessed. Now, possession is the last step, the last phase of oppression. Oppression leads to possession. People start playing with the Ouija boards. They start listening to satanic music that's got rituals in it. They start watching movies that have real rituals in them. They open up doorways. So... When we start talking mental illness, I just have to be so bold to say, I don't believe there's anything as mental illness. And let me tell you why. Now, granted, somebody gets to be 70 years old, 80 years old, and they start having health problems, and let's say they come down with dementia. I don't understand dementia. I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. At that point, something strange, okay? My my grandmother was a born-again Christian. She came down with dementia later in her life. And, man, let me tell you, dude, she checked out. I mean, it was like she had checked out and there was somebody else in there. Yep. I don't <laughs> yeah. can't explain that. Right. But everything else, all these other instances that we see here, we look at the depression, the anxiety, the schizophrenia, the psychosis, all these different disorders, I believe they are 110% spiritual. They're dealing in the spiritual realm. They're affecting your heart. They're affecting your mind. They're affecting your soul. And guys, your mind and your heart... When the Bible talks about your heart, it's not literally speaking of your organ. We're talking about a connection between your soul and your mind. And this is the area that's affected with depression, with anxiety, with psychosis. All all types, all manners of quote-unquote mental illness, they're all linked up to the same area. So I can't believe that there's such a thing as just a normal mental illness. <clears throat> now, right. you got free to to come in and chime in with what you guys think, but that's where I stand on the fact.
0: <clears throat> well, I, mean, I agree to some extent with you. I think, uh, I mean, personally, myself, personally, I am clinically diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, and it gets really bad sometimes. Um, and and I'm a born-again Christian. I was born and saved uh, September of 2009, which, in my opinion, I think uh, brings the spiritual warfare around makes it that much more difficult once you're saved sometimes. Um, however, uh, when, when you look back on my passion, I think of the medications that I've taken, I've taken quite a few different types of medications, uh, mostly antidepressants because they don't have a medication for obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, that particular disorder is actually, uh, a chemical within the brain, uh, that is not produced. And it causes you to have certain thoughts that most people don't have. Um, it causes you to do things. Uh, and and as anyone who knows of compulsive disorder, it can be as simple as turning a light on and off over and over and over again, uh, to even contortions uh, of the body, which would look a lot like demonic possession when you look at the films and what it says. And when you, um, talk to people who have witnessed true demonic possession, it's very similar. Um, but I think there is, though there is a very fine line between demonic possession and, uh or demonic oppression and mental illness. And I think mental illness is indeed a problem that we have due to the fact that we have a fallen nature. I think everything was perfect, you know, back before Adam and Eve sinned. But once that happened, everything fell apart. And that includes the sanity, if you will, um, that we should have had from the beginning and unfortunately lack. Uh but I think, yeah, I think there are certain cases where it is simply mental illness and not spiritual.
2: Okay,
3: well let me let me pose a question here, oh, uh, and me. this is interesting. And again, you know, I'm just giving my opinion here based on what I've studied, and and I understand that that you know not everyone's going to agree on every topic. But when we start talking about mental illness, um, you know, for instance, the the disorder you're talking about, is yeah. it not possible that this is demonic oppression? This this is something spiritual going on where this is because here, here's what happens: is Satan. He will attack the believers where he knows he can get them, because once you're born again, you get strong in certain areas, and in certain areas you're still weak. I get that. Everybody has their own their own failures and their own weaknesses. Even Paul talked about I do the things I don't want to do, and Mm -hmm. I don't do the things I want to do. And this is the apostle Paul, who in my opinion is a hero. But we all struggle, and we all have strengths, and we all have weaknesses. And the devil will come in in the spiritual realm with his demons, and they will come in and they will try to get you in any possible area they can.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: even in Scripture, uh, we have the case of epilepsy. You know, I lost a friend over this. I, one of my friends was suffering epilepsy years ago, and I brought up Scripture on it because I told, I told them that I believed that it could be cast out. And they basically got really upset with me, and they didn't want to talk to me ever again. But the scripture is clear that there is an epileptic spirit that was affecting someone in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So we know that epilepsy can be directly linked to a spiritual matter. I mean, anything, and I mean, we're talking major major issues go right back to the spiritual nature. But the, the whole thing about the spiritual warfare is it's the invisible war. It's the war right. that's taking place behind the scenes. And as humans it's our nature to try to figure out a rational explanation for everything.
0: Mm-hmm. But
3: I tend to think that even with your situation it's very possible that this may be an attack on you.
0: Well, and I'm not saying it's that it isn't, but what what I'm saying is I right, for example and this could be kind of a uh, an out there example. When a baby is born, it cries right away. Um that crying is something that's due to sin because right off the bat the moment that baby is born it's in need of something it's in need of their mom or their dad they very they become very selfish right off the bat and of course a lot of people won't agree with this because children are innocent babies in particular newborns they don't know any better but the moment they start crying it's just an effect of sin um the fact that they need something they need control they need to have uh, someone help them you know they, they don't have the ability to do anything of their own. Just like anyone who's fallen doesn't have Christ. They don't have the ability uh, to truly live a Christ-like life without Christ. They can't be saved apart from the salvation of Christ, from his grace and his mercy. And being fallen, I think that there is the ability, that's already there, the little seed of what is, in this case, mental illness, obsessive uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. And what Satan does is he takes that that's already planted and he twists it he adds little things to it to make it uh, a stronger effect Uh, there's times where i'm completely calm and fine then certain stresses come into my life and things start going crazy is that spiritual yes i absolutely believe that is spiritual i can see the times where i'm getting closer to god i'm getting stronger and something bad happens and why does that happen is it god testing me well yes he'll use that as a test but also satan or his, one of his demons are coming in and they're twisting and manipulating the situation to make it very difficult for me. And there I go and I drop back into obsessive composite disorder again. But there's other times where I'm just completely fine, hanging out with friends and family and everything's good and going smooth, but I still have random thoughts in my head. Uh, and, and you've got anyone out there who's listening, you can do the research on obsessive composite disorder and find out what those type of thoughts are. They're not good thoughts. I'll tell you that right now. Not no, I think that's,
3: let me let me just say something because what yes. you're talking about here it doesn't just affect the uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. We're dealing with when you talk about thoughts, generally they're voices, okay? They're voices that come, and sometimes it's not an audible voice. Sometimes people think they hear the voices. Sometimes they just think it. But regardless, it's a voice that comes in and it speaks to your spirit. It speaks to your mind, and you know the Bible tells us very clearly. It says that we are not to be held. Uh, what's the terminology? We are to hold every thought captive, but we are to be held captive by no thoughts. When mm-hmm. we start to be, and, and this, doesn't, this doesn't just deal with somebody with obsessive compulsive, but somebody's thinking about something they want, and they're overtaken by the thought. You know, And, and we, all, we can all fall guilty. I mean, th- this is something that happens to everybody. We are so easily overtaken by our thoughts. And sometimes they're not our own thoughts. Sometimes they're demonic oppression coming in. So, I mean, and this is something that I even deal with sometimes. Sometimes I hear the, like, these, these, things are try- these voices are trying to tell me things, trying to tell me to quit doing my radio show, trying to tell me to, to quit preaching the gospel. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, this is just the type of demonic activity, that, this is the type of warfare that I struggle with. But I'm telling you that I do believe with all of my heart that your obsessive-compulsive disorder can be conquered in the spiritual realm without medication. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that this this spiritual warfare that you're struggling with, and I say it's a struggle because we all have different struggles, and this is one that you're dealing with. I believe in Jesus' name that whatever it is that's attacking you, it can be cast out, it can be conquered. It's not going to be easy because Paul talked about always having a thorn in his side. So it's one of those things that the Lord allows, not that the Lord sends it because the Lord doesn't send tests. Go back to Job. The Lord doesn't send these things. He allows them. You know, right. it's always the enemy that that comes to attack. But God might allow this particular type of attack in your life for the rest of your life for some purpose to keep you drawn closer to Him. I don't know, but I do believe that it's spiritual, and I believe God willing that it could be conquered. Just like anything, people struggle with porn addiction. I got to bring up porn addiction because it's a spiritual matter, and I can say this. I don't like to say this very often. Uh, this is kind of personal, but I guess I guess it was about maybe. Thirteen, fourteen years ago, I got really hooked on porn, and uh, I just I, I was I was hooked on it. And mm-hmm. I remember downloading pornography on LimeWire back in the day when LimeWire was what you know that was just this is dating me, but back in the day we had this program that would download <laughs> songs and videos. You know now it's totally different, but uh, I was downloading pornography, and I remember and we had dial-up internet. Okay, and I remember sitting there in front of my computer screen, my big old box monitor, and It was like, I remember about 1130 at night, I'm downloading some stuff, and I will never forget the conviction that came over me. The Mm -hmm. sun came up on me, guys. The sun came up, and I'm still there trying to download porn, looking at things. And I got so convicted, and I wasn't walking with the Lord, obviously, but I knew that I had been taken captive Mm
2: -hmm.
3: by that whole scenario. And I think that if we're not careful, that we can all, even as Christians, we can allow certain oppression to come in and to hold us down. And I'm not saying this about you, I'm saying this in general. Yeah. Uh, when you know we can allow certain things just to come in and hold us down, but I've got stories of friends and pastors who have been in different parts of the world uh, on mission trips, and they were demonically oppressed, where they were literally physically held down on their stomach on their bed, mm-hmm. and they they started to rebuke this thing, and one guy was rebuking it in jesus' name and and he heard a voice in Spanish. And there was no one there. They were staying in a vacant place. The voice was coming right in his ear. I mean, demons, they will sometimes attack us physically. Sometimes they will attack us spiritually. But in reality, they only can attack us up to a certain point when we have the Holy Spirit. And that's the good news.
0: Right. Well, and that's all, like, a good account of that is uh, the book of Job. You know, he uh, was only able to go so far with Job based on what God would allow and wouldn't allow. And I think it's very still the same way today.
3: That's right. And, right, well, and awesome. you, know, you consider, I mean, he got he got attacked from every angle. I mean, right. he, had, uh, he had things come and attack in, I mean, from his, I mean, literally from the floor up.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And y'all remember that his, he, you know, his his friends and his wife, they were pretty much, you know. On one hand, you had people telling him, "Hey, you, you basically did something to bring this on." Then on the other hand, you had his wife trying to pull him away from God on this, trying to turn his back on God. And right. And Job kept his focus, and that's what we're supposed to do. But you said something earlier that I think is really valuable. If somebody, if somebody's seeking some, you know, we'll just call it a a watered down form of exorcism or mm-hmm. a biblical form of deliverance, it's very dangerous. Right. Because, biblically speaking, the demons will come back a lot stronger, and they're going to come back with their buddies, and hell's going to break loose in the life of that person. So it's not the type of warfare that just anybody needs to go around playing with. You can't just run out there with a water gun and expect to to put out the flames of hell. Right. So it's really important that people understand that. Um, but I, I really need to point something out here, because I want to make sure I stay on topic here. When we talk about the mental illness, I've got a few friends that i brush shoulders with over the years. Mm-hmm. Some in industry, some in, in the film industry. And I know right off the bat of three people that I could, I could get up on the phone right now who have all worked in the psych ward of a hospital. <clears throat> and the interesting thing that I found in this is that, and all three of these people are, are born-again Christians, and I've pulled them all aside and I said, man, that's got to be a crazy situation to have to work in a psych ward. And they say, man, you have no idea. They say the things that go on there, we it's, it's ungodly to even talk about. And I said, listen, to all three of these people separately, I said, I believe that I'd say 99% of all mental illness, 99% of all people that are in those psych wards are either demonically oppressed or possessed. And I got the <laughs> response from all three of these people. They said, man, there's no question about it. They said, when you're walking through the hallways at night, he said, you can sometimes see the spirits manifesting in the hallways. They'll come and they'll disappear. And he says, but you, can, you hear voices come out of people. You see people bending and, and you know bobbing and weaving in weird shapes and positions that a human couldn't do. You see all manner of just demonic behaviors that totally defy logic. And this is happening in the psych wards. <clears throat> Another interesting thing about the psych wards is that many of the psych wards are owned and funded by Catholic ministries.
1: Yeah, what- that that in itself kind of says something about what you were saying earlier about the whole uh, controversy going on with Catholics, uh, Catholic priests, no less uh, doing a satanic worship. Um, I do want to take a quick break and I want to chime in on this really fast. Um, Eric, I wanted you to go ahead and give the folks at home the question that we want them to answer on our Facebook page uh, so that they can win the autographed Truth Radio t-shirt
2: um, mm-hmm. and then
1: uh we will also go into the random fact and paranormal headlines really fast so we can uh continue talking here so go ahead and give that out to them
0: all right so the question that we're going with now mind everyone out there the word oppression is not in the bible however the question is what is the first account of demonic oppression in the holy bible I'll say it again what is the first account of demonic oppression within the Holy Bible? You're going to have to do some research to find that out. But I'm looking forward to all of your answers.
1: All right. And then you guys can just post the answers up on our Facebook page. Uh, we'll be right back uh, and uh, we will continue this discussion.
0: Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. This is David Montaigne, author of End Times in 2019, and you are listening to Paratruth Radio.
2: Now, Eric's random fact of the day. You
0: have often heard it said that animals cannot catch colds from humans, and vice versa. However, did you know that gorillas can catch colds from humans? It's true. In fact, Because there are genetic similarities between humans and gorillas, it makes the gorillas susceptible to human disease. These diseases, whether it be a simple cold or pneumonia, can cause the gorilla to die. Fortunately, there is a group of people who find the gorillas and shoot them with darts laced with antibiotics. The gorilla may need anywhere from one to three doses of the drug before they're able to recover.
2: This is Bill Hall, author of the book, The World's Most Haunted House, and you're listening to Paratruth Radio.
0: And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headline.
1: Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. This is an article from unexplainedmysteries.com. A bright object was filmed in the distance above the trees over the course of 15 minutes in the area of Loch Lomond in Scotland. The bright object can be seen hovering above the horizon before slowly descending towards the right. The filmer emphasized that he did not believe it to be a plane, helicopter, or Chinese lantern, and there was no noise throughout the encounter. It was filmed at around 5.25 p.m. on February 1st. Both Scotland Police and the local Coast Guard claimed to have no record of any aircraft in the area at the time, and it didn't appear to be a meteorological phenomenon. The most widely suggested theory, however, is that the object is actually nothing more than the planet Venus, which currently appears very bright and low down in the sky. It moving towards the right can be attributed to the rotation of the Earth.
0: This was a segment of Period Truth Radio's Paranormal Headlines.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, sublimely elegant here as always, and you are listening to Paratruth Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin.
0: And I'm Eric.
1: And uh, we've been talking with Justin Fall from The Fourth Watch about uh, demonic possession versus mental illness. Uh, Now, I want to chime in on this um, mostly because I have to say that I disagree with what uh, you guys are saying yes I agree that demonic uh, possession or oppression can affect people with mental illness but I believe mental illness is a illness of the body not of the spirit yes again like I said it, demonic oppression or possession can affect it but I think that mental illness is a completely different entity than um, than demonic possession Um, mostly because, and this is where I did a lot of research, uh, a lot of people that I've come across and have talked to, they've gone through the whole demonic possession thing or oppression, tried to be saved, uh, went to their uh, church or their religious leaders and, they tried to help and it didn't help where they went to a doctor and either through uh, counseling, uh, medication, whatever it was that helped them, that's what helped them. And they became what most people would cons- be considered normal. Uh, I yeah. myself have dealt with depression my entire life. I was also told when I was younger that I do have a small case of obsessive compulsive disorder. And when I asked the doctor why, why he thought that it was the fact that I have certain facial tics and, uh, body tics that would link to obsessive compulsive over whatever other cases there may be. Uh, and, um, I too became saved when Eric did, uh, Do I have the exact uh, same opinion as Eric? No, I do not. Uh, That doesn't mean that I still don't believe in Christianity. It's not that I don't believe in Jesus Christ. It's not that I don't believe in God. It's just I have different opinions of what is really out there. Um, Again, does that mean that I'm not being influenced by something Sure, I will admit that there's probably a possibility of that. Do I think it's highly likely? No, I don't. Um, and there are numerous people out there that have mental illnesses. Uh, as Justin said, that falls under a huge umbrella of uh, addiction, compulsion, uh, schizophrenia, um, so many other things that that you can put under that one window or one umbrella um but uh i do have to say that i, I do disagree as far as demonic possession or oppression causing mental illness can it <laughs> affect it yes i believe it can affect it 110 percent, and uh over-exert that to the point of uh, the demon causing it to have a break and be able to get into that person uh, to, to possess, to actually possess them and, and do further harm. Um, but And that's, like I said, that's just my own opinion on it. Um, you guys can take it as it's worth, but I, that's what my, my beliefs are. Um, can I... I do, uh...
3: Now are you are you speaking more so towards the depression side of things or just a, a general blanket statement here?
1: Um just in general as mental illness. Uh not just depression, but other mental illnesses I believe are a completely different entity other than demonic oppression and demonic possession. And the same thing like demonic possession and oppression affecting mental illness in general, not just depression, not just schizophrenia. All mental illnesses can be affected by, by demonic possession and oppression because they're going to twist whatever they can to get get to that person.
3: Now let me let me just um two things I'd like to say on the matter if that's okay. Yeah. Um first of all I totally agree with you when it comes down <laughs> to it not not every Christian is gonna agree on things and <clears throat> You know, now there are certain things of the scripture that if somebody doesn't agree on, then you might not want to associate with them. I mean, there's some certain fundamentals of salvation that are, you know, they're they're non-negotiable. You know, Jesus is the only way, the virgin birth. I mean, the the burial and resurrection. There there are certain elements of scripture that cannot. uh, You either believe it and you're saved, or you don't believe it and you're not saved. But you get into some of these topics like what we're talking about, and you know, I would, I would warn anyone listening right now that, you know, if you've got a friend that's leaning on one side of this and you're on the other side, if you divide over that, then you're committing sin. Because as Christians, we have to be the body of Christ. We can't divide over something like this. Um, and so what we're doing here, we're having a healthy discussion here. Now, I want to make right. a comment about depression specifically.
2: Okay.
3: We actually, we don't, like I said earlier, we don't see the word depression showing up in the King James Bible. But we see, the, we see all these different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? These symptoms. We see all these symptoms listed in the Bible that are clearly symptoms of depression. Now, I'm going to take you guys back to David, King David, and also to Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah, for those of you who don't know, he's known as the weeping prophet. He wrote, he's a prophet who wrote Jeremiah, and he also wrote the book of Lamentations. And the word lament means to cry. Mm -hmm. Now, Jeremiah was clearly struggling with some depression issues, and this is not my opinion. You can go back and read Jeremiah or Lamentations, and David struggled with different times of depression. And both times, if you go back and you really examine the Scripture, you're going to find that it was clearly a spiritual issue. And they were crying out to have their spirit renewed and restored with the Lord. So I think biblically speaking, we can say there's no question depression is a spiritual matter based on Scripture. Because we know that even though the Scripture is over 2,000 years old, it's the Word of God and it's authentic. And Mm -hmm. if we can see it in the Scripture, I think that we have – some things don't fall into the Scripture. There's some gray areas, certain topics. You say, well, we can't prove it one way or the other. But depression is very clear when you start to look at some of the symptoms of depression and you see these men of God crying out to God. Now, they weren't possessed, but they were being oppressed. They were in the spiritual war, and they cried out to God because they knew that that was the only freedom they could have was for God to come in and restore their soul.
0: Mm -hmm. Actually, I'd like to comment on that, and perhaps even pose a question uh, to you. Uh, I agree, as we've been discussing this whole time, I think, in regards to spiritual realm, uh, humans, in regards to oppression, are very capable of causing depression, uh, and I think they are cases, but when you look at any time in the past, even today, I have plenty of friends, I think we all probably have certain friends, um, who suffer from depression. And we could say that it's a spiritual matter, and yet, when they take medication for it, they're 100 times better. I know people who have been on medication for years, and they have no or no issues with depression anymore ever since they started that medication. So I guess the question that I'm going to ask is, what do you say to the, about those people who do take the medication and suddenly they're better and there's no more uh, issues? I mean, it's no, obviously no longer a spiritual thing. It must be something else. If it was a spiritual thing, whether they were taking medication or not, there should be no difference or change in depression.
3: Okay, now, that, that's a great question. Now, you broke up just a little bit, but I was able to understand it, but for anybody who was listening who who heard a choppy question, he was asking for the people who are depressed, they're depressed heavily, and then they get on medication, and then they're fine, they're normal again. So, that would be an argument on the other side to say that it's not a spiritual issue, it's medical, because medicine came in and, and, and took care of the, of the issue. That's That's what you're asking, correct? Yes. Okay, now, great question. Um, this is going to be kind of controversial, and again, this is, this is my opinion based on my research, um, and, and you, don't have, you know nobody has to believe what I'm saying here, but let me just break it down. First of all, when, when we deal with psychological drugs, they affect our brain. They affect our mind, our neurotransmitters. They affect the way we think. Now, this is one of those drugs – well, I'll say these are drugs – that I believe fall into the category of pharmacia. Now I'm not judging anybody who's listening. This is not a judgment. I'm not judging either one of you guys if y'all take antidepressants. I'm just telling you where I come from. And yes, I took antidepressants when I was younger, okay? So, I'm not here pointing fingers. I'm just saying this is this is where I've come to. And you take these drugs and they affect your soul. And you say no they don't. They affect my depression. Well, in my opinion, they're affecting your spirit because it's your spirit that was depressed. And that's biblical because it's your spirit that suffers these different feelings. Your emotions are affected. That's spiritual. When your emotions are affected, that's spiritual. Now, go to the book of Revelation. And this is the thing that just, man, when I read this and I studied this, I got off the Adderall. Okay, so my, any of my listeners listening right now, yes, you don't know my full testimony. I used to be heavily medicated when I was in college. I liked the medicine, I liked the drugs, I liked the way it made me feel. Now, I got off the Adderall. I got off the anti-anxiety, the Xanax. I got off all that because I studied something in Revelation that blew my mind into conviction. It talks about during the tribulation. It says that men will not repent of their sorceries. That's King James. When you go to your Strong's Concordance, that word sorceries is translated from the Greek word pharmacia, pharmakia. And then you go deeper into it and you're dealing with drugs that affect your psyche men are not going to repent of their drugs that affect their psyche revelation i don't have the i don't have the chapter in the the book here but if you or the chapter in verse but if you google revelation pharmacia revelation men not repenting of their sorceries it's going to pop up you do a word study on that that word sorceries that made me realize, because I was taking the Xanax and the Adderall and some other stuff, it was affecting my spirit. It was allowing me to feel normal. And what happens when people start taking these antidepressants? Sometimes they get put on a large dose. Not everybody, but sometimes they do. I've known, I've known more than a handful of friends that were taking high doses of antidepressants. I mean, it really puts your pencil in the dirt, literally. I mean, try writing a paper, you know, when you're, when you're this doped up. Uh, some of my friends, again, this is some of them i mean you could I knew one girl that you could literally walk up and punch her in the face, and she probably would be like "Oh hey how's it going i mean that's how that's how sedated she was on antidepressants now, what happens here is when you're when you're depressed your spirits affected and you're put into a situation where you're uneasy and you 're not feeling good, and all you want to do is sleep or you want to kill yourself i mean there's a, a list of symptoms, but here's the thing when you take those drugs, they affect your spiritual sense. They, they affect your emotions and your thought pattern, which in, in psychology, that's called your psyche. They're psychological drugs. And when you do your studies on psychology, it always goes back to the human psyche, which relates to your mind and your spirit. So I believe the danger in these drugs, I don't think they're medical drugs. I think these are drugs that are affecting your spiritual walk. And I think that they directly link up with the book of Revelation where it talks about men not repenting of their sorceries. Because literally, the literal translation, man not repenting of his drugs that are affecting his spirit, his psyche. So I think that really kind of blows a pretty hard hit to this topic. And it's very controversial. I realize that some people are going to hear that and they're going to say, I don't like this. I I, I don't want to look into this. I don't want to know any more about it. But I was on pills, medicine. Uh, you know, we'll just call it medicine, and it and it, it made me feel normal. It really did. It, it felt like it balanced me out. We could say the same thing about marijuana. I mean, how many people want to go out there and smoke a bowl or smoke a joint, and because it makes them feel leveled out, it makes them feel normal. You know, I started smoking pot when I was in high school because it made me feel normal. It brought my anxiety down. So I mean, we could really, and it's all natural. You know, and I'm not I'm not justifying marijuana. I'm just making a point that there's people arguing all these different points. This. <laughs> Same argument that you're making for the depression, there's people making that same argument for marijuana or for heroin or for crystal meth. Because everybody, they do the drugs that they do because it makes them feel normal. Mm-hmm. So I think that it can, be, it can be kind of a dangerous topic to ask somebody, is it okay? Is it okay that I take antidepressants? You know, and, and I always say, man, I just, I, I've got people who write me and ask me, and I say, I really have to go back to the book of Revelation, men not repenting of their sorceries. Because, like I said, the word study, man, it, it it's pretty bold.
1: Mhm. So what? All what right. Well, talk- uh, actually, we're coming close to the end of the show. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to tell everybody, all of our listeners, where they can find your show. Uh, and also, I want Eric, I want you to pose that question one more time, really fast, too. So, Justin, go ahead.
3: Alright, I'm Justin Fall with the Fourth Watch Radio Network. My radio show is called Fourth Watch with Justin Fall. That's the number four T H watch W A T C H with Justin Fall, J U S T E N F A U L L. You can Google that. My site will be pulled up. You can find me on Spreaker, Spreaker.com. You can find me at fourth watch radio dot and that's the number four T H watch radio. And you can also find my apps. I've got an Android app and an iPhone app. You can just search my name in the app store, Justin Fall, and look me up on Facebook. You can add the page, uh, add me as a friend, and uh, check out my show. Every Thursday we do a new show. It usually goes live at 12 o'clock noon.
1: All right, and then uh, Eric, go ahead and give that question as well. Uh, Advertise that wonderful new movie that's going to be coming out for you.
0: Yeah, uh, again, this is the question for anyone who wants to win the autographed T-shirt that we're going to be giving out. Uh, the question is, what is the first account of demonic oppression in the Holy Bible? Uh, you're going to do some research, look it up, send us uh, your answer. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Radio. Um, In regards to my film, I have a, production of a short film uh, about aliens and the spiritual side of it. I'm giving too much away right now, but you'll be hearing more in the near future. Uh, But, you know, check me out on Facebook. Uh, That's at Facebook.com forward slash The Revealed Movie. Just like it. As many likes as you can. We're trying to get the word out there. Uh, And eventually I am going to be giving away three copies of that film, which will be coming out uh, in the spring of 2016. So stay, stay tuned for that
1: all right folks uh next week we will be talking about death sorry got cut off by the lady uh we'll be talking about uh the death worm the mongolian death worm for those of you that do not know what it is this is going to be an episode you don't want to miss on that note uh my name is justin and i'm eric and uh we will talk to you guys next week peace I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey.